and welcome to Sticky from the Inside, the employee engagement podcast that looks at how to build stickier, competition-smashing, consistently successful organisations from the inside out. I'm your host, Andy Gorham, and I'm on a mission to help more businesses turn the lights on behind the eyes of their employees, light the fires within them, and create tons more success for everyone. This podcast is for all those who believe that's something worth going after and would like a little help and guidance in achieving that. Each episode, we dive into the topics that can help create what I call stickier businesses, the sort of businesses where people thrive and love to work and where more customers stay with you and recommend you to others because they love what you do and why you do it. So if you want to take the tricky out of being sticky, listen on. Okay, here we go again then with another episode. And, you know, recent times, over the last 12 months or so, there's been a lot of pressure put on, I guess, the communication skills within businesses, you know, explaining the impact of furlough schemes, new working practices, redundancies. And that's just not without the everyday stuff that keeps businesses ticking along and moving forwards. You know, it's been it's been tough. Even businesses with experienced internal communication teams have been up against it and not everyone even the seasoned professionals have got it right every time so communicating effectively with empathy and clarity but that actually results in things being done is an absolute key foundation for engagement as i see it and i am so delighted today to have someone else with me to help pull back the curtains and look at some of the mysteries involved in this topic. And as always with the podcast, try and offer up some practical advice that you can take away to help, you know, in this case, improve your communications. She is the founder of the Successful Engagement and Marketing Consultant, which I think is brilliantly called Show Off Communications. It's the lovely Katie Kern. Hi, Katie. Hi, Andy. Thanks for having me. Oh, delighted, mate. Looking forward to this. A fellow Northamptonian. Yeah, rocking it for Northampton, though. Rocking it for Northampton. <laughs> and hopefully we'll have an engaging conversation about this stuff, stuff today. So absolutely. can you tell me and the listeners just a little bit about you and Show Off? Yeah, so um, Show Off Communications, I think it's summed up really well in our strap line, which is communicate, engage, inspire. So we provide basically an outsourced marketing and communications department, helping businesses and charities to communicate and engage more effectively with their employees, customers, donors, etc., so that they can then inspire their audiences, increase income, improve culture internally and achieve their strategic objectives. Lots of lovely things to get stuck into there for you. Yeah. And I guess so maybe over the last 12 months, things have kind of blown up for, for you and, and the company. Absolutely. Um, you know, I feel so honoured um, that, that so many businesses chose to work with us. And, you know, we saw the greatest growth that we've ever seen um, throughout 2020. So it was just phenomenal. I'm guessing it's not all COVID-related stuff that you end up dealing with, because as we sort of said in the intro, communication per se is is an important part of engagement strategy going forward, right? So are you coping with a whole wide range of communication topics and, and projects? Absolutely. I mean, aside, there were 
obviously the the things that blew up because of COVID. But actually what it also did was unpicked the need to really look at communication strategies with working practices changing and probably changing for the long term for many businesses moving to remote working, re-looking at priorities. It really shone a spotlight on the need to actually improve the level of communication and engagement that probably hadn't been noticed before. So it's kind of been blown up out of the need, but has then shown that it's something that needs to be focused on as a long-term thing. Yeah, I look, I couldn't agree more. My, my my little business stems from, I guess, my time in corporate. Sat with a a marketing hat or badge, depending what day uh, mm-hmm. I, I had. Sat in the middle of marketing, HR, and operations, trying to align everything to one clear story. And as a marketer by original trade, you know, you're always looking for a connection, right? You're, you're always yeah. trying to find that stimulus that resonates with with your audience okay and businesses put tons and tons and tons of focus on that external customer communication right find the connection tell that customer why we're great why choose us not so much on the inside right not so much in the inside and again one of the reasons why this podcast exists is to try and bring a bit more focus on that internal audience so i think today we're probably going to have a quite a good conversation i hope about that connection topic do you agree? Is that one of the fundamental parts of, of getting this communication right for internal audiences? Absolutely. And that is the, the message that we've been shouting from the rooftops really since the business began. As you quite rightly said, there is so much emphasis on how do we create connection with our, with our customers? How do we create connection externally? But actually, if you haven't got that connection with your employees, you're holding your business back because they are the ones that will unleash the power of your business But to do that, you've got to engage them and to engage them effectively, you have to create that that connection with them, um, understanding what is it that drives them? Why do they or why should they want to help your business move forward? And the way that you do that is through connection. Yeah. And do you find that it's pretty it's it's difficult to sort of tar everybody with the same brush? But do you do you find when you talk to a business that they recognize this? lack of connection or need for connection or do they think they are getting a connection how how does it sort of manifest itself to you initially I would say most businesses believe that they have created that connection what they tend to do is create connection through job role Mm. so they may assume that someone working in sales is is connected to money that is what drives them that is what engages them but actually once you get beneath that you start to see that it isn't money itself that drives them. It's what that money can help them with or what that money can provide in terms of a feeling or a sense of self. Mm. So it's actually uncovering what that top layer of engagement is, but actually then starting to delve deeper into what drives that. And that's what businesses sometimes miss. And So I'm I'm interested in, in that word, connection not to try and Mm -hmm. overplay it but are businesses that you talk to actually even using that word are they are they saying oh yeah we're making a really good connection with our with our people or are they talking around the topic 
yeah, very much so talking around the topic. Um, I think when you talk about the power of connection, it can sometimes be misinterpreted as something very fluffy and sitting in a room and, you know, sort of talking about your feelings. But actually, it's fundamental to the psychology of human behavior. Humans connect and they want to connect to things that align with their internal self so once you can tap into that and understand that that's when you start to unleash the power of then the the engagement side of things but yeah agree a hundred percent agree with that i mean that rational side of your brain helps you think about stuff that we talked about in the introduction about actually doing stuff and it's the emotions in your brain that trigger action so so a rational connection is one thing you might sit there go "Hmm, okay that's that's interesting an emotional connection will get you to act. Um, and so that's, I guess that's my my philosophy in life. If I can tweak yeah. someone's emotion, I'm going to get a reaction uh, and, and hopefully a positive one. Uh, and hopefully it's going to drive some, some, some good action. So typically then when you walk into a business, how do you start to help those business leaders or the communications owners that you're helping when you walk into this? How do you get them to start thinking about connection on that more emotional level and what are some of the sort of things that you end up helping them with yeah so I've worked with so many different different businesses and and when you're looking at what creates connection the first thing is to actually get the business owners to realize that they probably don't know as much about their people as they maybe thought they did and we start by assessing how they're communicating with their audience and the messaging that they're putting out you know are they tailoring it to the segmented audience are they looking at what drivers are there and once you start asking those questions they start realizing that there's more work to do Mm. Um, so a lot of what we do initially is 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 walking the business through the process of finding out what drives people what do people want to hear how do they want to hear it what resonates with them in terms of messaging um and, and where everybody is uh and that's quite a big piece that that will generally get missed out when people go on this journey alone without without a company like ours stepping in um so that's what we tend to do first of all um to walk them through and from there once you understand those drivers once you understand where the connection is missing you can actually start to proactively plan your communication campaigns as opposed to firefighting launching a communication that suddenly you don't understand why people haven't liked it why people have backlash you know you face a backlash against it because you understand where your people are coming from you can avoid that so earth-shattering announcement number one in this conversation right is good businesses wouldn't think twice about talking to their customers finding out what they like finding out what interests them finding out what motivates them and then targeting communications products strategies whatever it might be to that oh my gosh, shock horror, it's the same for your internal audience. That's what that's yeah. what we're saying here, right? And yet, Absolutely. it's not a common practice. It no, may be common no. sense, but it's not common practice. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think, this, I think this point you make about firefighting with communications to generating decent connection, that's that's really, can you just elaborate that on a little bit more? So, so in a firefighting style of communication what are you seeing and how does that differ to what you're trying to bring in with more planned proactive 
more connected comms? Yeah. So generally, firefighting comms will come about through times of change. So a team will decide this is what we're going to communicate and when, but they don't do that background piece. So they launch their communication that says this is changing and this is what we are going to get you to do differently. And all of a sudden they don't get the reaction they expected. For them, it might be something really positive, but the audience that receives it sees it in a totally different way. So then they kick into firefighting mode, which is right quick. We've got to now sort out even more communications to address those issues that we haven't seen, that backlash that we hadn't thought we were going to get. So it then becomes firefighting communications to try and correct the initial communication work that had been done. When you've done that first piece and understood the connection drivers, you've understood how your people work, you've almost got your personas and you know how to speak to them, you can avoid that firefighting piece. And how much in the style of communication do you move from a one-way channel of tell to, for me, engagement is about two-way. It's about a a conversation. So again, Mm -hmm. when you look at the good connected empathetic communications out there that that you see is there a marked difference between the kind of the one-way diktat and the actually let's have a continual conversation rather than a series of staccato instructions yeah do do you get what i mean is you is there you seeing that sort of differences out there yeah definitely it is about two-way conversations there can you can go too far the other way okay. where it feels like you're not taking lead um, taking ownership you're not being the leader that a business needs but actually it's about being really clear in where are we trying to get to what are we trying to achieve creating that future state through your communication and then almost you start to map it out backwards so you start off with the end in mind And then you think, okay, so we're here. This is where we need to get to. How do we bring our people on that journey? And you can't, you can't achieve that journey without those two-way conversations. Mm. So it's announcing a communication, but giving people the the right to reply Um, and taking that seriously, not just having it as a tick box uh, stuck at the end of a message contact us if you've got any queries you know it's about creating real authentic ways and genuine ways because people see through that um you know if it's just a sentence at the end of a com they they kind of know that you don't really want to know what they think it's almost whispered at the end of a, of a message yeah. in, a, in another yeah. language just in case absolutely <laughs> or they or they do the classic of uh speak to your manager with any queries about this and your manager maybe doesn't actually know themselves what it's all about. Well, I think, see, I think you're touching on a really interesting point here, right, about that management layer within a business because often they can almost be leapfrogged, right? So you have your leadership team sending out the communication to everyone. And then you get a message like that at the end of, oh, you can speak to your manager if you want to find out more. And the managers may be reading that going, I don't know more. I have this feeling that, there's a whole layer of, of people in the business, the management layer, that can get missed or forgotten in these communications. And when you're putting this stuff together, how do you stop that happening? And what's the techniques that you would you employ to make sure that <laughs> go speak to your manager actually results in somebody feeling really confident about helping someone out understand a bit more? 
Yes, this this point about missing out middle managers is fundamentally something that we see happen all the time. Um, it's, you know, tell us how you communicate. OK, well, we send a com out, we send it to everybody and they've got their managers to go to. OK, so at what point are you pulling those managers aside and saying, look, here's what we want to do. Here's how we want you to support it. And I would say probably eight out of 10 businesses aren't doing that they just communicate to everyone at the same time and what what businesses miss is the middle managers are probably the most important people to have on your side because they are the people that will be embedding that message they are the people that will hear the chatter they are the people that um, will get a sense of how messages are landing and if they themselves aren't engaged in the message or understand it or know what their role is in in helping it to land then you've lost the audience straight away so the, I would say through any part of communications planning, your middle manager level, that line manager level is one of the most important to get right. And you've got to treat them with care and respect and doing the same thing about connecting with them, connect with that manager because they're in a tricky place. They will have their own thoughts about changes, yet they also have to be the all singing, all dancing, rah, rah person for that message. So you have to treat them in a different way to the rest of the population and really take them on that journey before any messaging goes out anywhere. Yeah, I think that's true, especially on the bigger pieces of communication. There's a whole piece Mm -hmm. around, well, I liken it a little bit. You know when you're sitting watching a film on your sofa and whether, whether it's your partner or your kids, none of you have seen this film before. Something's mm-hmm. happening in the film, and the question is, why is that happening? And I, I boringly, and my kids will roll their eyes if they ever hear this, I boringly say, I, I didn't go to the pre-briefing for this movie. I, I don't have <laughs> the kind of director notes in front of me to explain that to yeah. you. And it's a bit like that with, with with these sorts of comms. And I think you're right. When it comes to the certainly the bigger pieces of communication, there's going to be a need for these guys to make sense of that message first. Mm. to. Mm have some time to understand it and i think really importantly be able to if it's practical ask some questions on interpretation because what they interpret from what you say they could be two very very different things and if you don't have that sense making opportunity and that kind of like sense check that i've understood this correctly and they go away and communicate that to their people very quickly you multiply the number of splits or yep. crevices that you're about to put into the business and understanding is huge, yep. right? Absolutely, absolutely. And I've seen it firsthand where um, a middle manager, when I was back in my corporate career, when I was a customer service advisor and changes were announced and our line manager would sit in our team meeting and be asked questions. And I remember him saying, I have no idea. I think these changes are rubbish. I don't even know what to say to you. So the message we got as a team was, okay, well, he's not on board with it, so we won't be either. And it was so powerful in the terms of he was our leader. He was the face of the company for us. And he was telling us, I don't get it. I don't like it. I don't understand it. Wow. And, you know, you've that lost us as a team in that messaging. We were lost in that moment because our manager was telling us, 
they weren't on board with that. I mean, and and you cannot underestimate the impact that that has. I mean, even no. on, even with people who are on board, I've always had this thing in my head about every time the message is passed on, you're turning the volume down a little bit. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. you know, unless that person up front is turned up to eleven on their yeah. understanding and their, and their enthusiasm for it, mm-hmm. they are eleven. They tell it to the next person. It's likely to come through at about a ten or a nine. And then that person tells somebody else is likely to come through at about an eight or a seven. Mm -hmm. So if you start off with a lower number, actually, by the time it goes through the organization, it's just a whimper. It's just a whisper. So I think you're bang on. I think it's absolutely crucial to get these guys bang on board, right up front, full Technicolor, you know, turned up to 11 or 12 or whatever it might be to have any hope of these things coming home. And so when, when you're going into businesses and you're finding this stuff and you're putting in new strategies and tactics, what are the, the most useful things for, for this particular cohort of people, the management team? What sort of things are they asking for? What things do they need? How are you treating them differently? Yeah, so we tend to have quite a standard um, process that we would encourage businesses to follow, and that is you determine the messaging and you brief the managers first. You know, you're, it's, when I say managers, I'm referring to like your your line manager population. Yeah, no, yeah. You bring them together, you talk them through it, you share the, commu- the intended communications with them and you give them an opportunity to ask their own questions. Okay, so how does this impact my team? How does this impact me? What do I need to do? And you just have that real honest conversation So then what we do is we send them back out when they're comfortable. They play a big part in releasing the message to their own teams. And once that's done, we bring them back and we say, how did it go? What questions did you get asked? And they give us such rich data and information about what the teams are saying. That really helps us to then start to proactively plan our next step of the communications journey. So it's involving them at every stage. And by doing that, that's how you create the connection. We go back to connection again. But that is how you create the connection with that middle manager population. I think that's so true. I mean, in my own experience and things that uh, I've been part of or I've helped other businesses with, where you have the opportunity to, yes, do the sense making, blah, 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 but have some time for practice of that yeah. message. So you've understood mm-hmm. the message. You're all You're all aligned. Have some time to practice. And to your point, put it into your own language. Yeah. That's a hugely beneficial process to add in because then when the message comes across, it's not me trying to deliver Katie's words. Yes. It's me delivering my words in language that you've heard me talk previously. So it feels authentic, genuine. It is authentic and genuine. All part of making that connection, right? Absolutely. You're so right. And I think the the worst thing that you can do is is send managers out armed with a script and yeah. or, or delivering something in an unfamiliar way to them. Um, I worked um, with an organisation and their middle managers, as you would expect, were wildly different. One of them absolutely loved getting their team into a room, standing up on the stage and doing this real showy presentation. Another manager used to do a Friday lunchtime at the pub. And he'd take his team to the pub and they'd sit and just chat openly about changes that were coming up. So we allowed them the freedom 
to deliver the message in the way that their team felt comfortable with. Because if the manager that took their team to the pub was suddenly told, right, you've got to stand up on that stage and tell your team this, the team would immediately have felt like, oh, this isn't this isn't what we're used to. Mm. This isn't how things happen in our team. So don't be afraid to do things in the way that feels comfortable as long as the same message is getting across. It's actually about delivering it in a way that resonates with the audience, not the author of the message. I think that audience thing's so important. And yeah. come back to that practice thing. One of the things that I've seen really uh, effective is you start with giving someone, I don't know, 90 seconds to get the message across and then you practice and then it's 60 and then it's 30. And then you go, right, now tell the story to somebody who's going to be on the bus, who's going to run around telling everybody for you because they're, they're bang up for it. Then tell the story to somebody who you know is going to be a dementor. They're just going to suck the life out of mm -hmm. anybody trying to talk to them. How are you going to get the message across? So practice not just the official line, practice the way yeah. you need to nuance it, right? I think that's quite yeah. important. So if we were to sort of get an overview of the process or the background to getting more impactful communications, Katie, yes. what, what, what is that sort of flow that you would you would follow? Yeah, well, interestingly, I've worked with so many different businesses, but there are, I would say there's probably three key things that determine the success of their communications. So the first one would be around giving context. You know, you as a senior leader will know the full story behind your communications, why it's happening, why it's happening then, why you're saying what you're saying, but your audience won't. So everything you share must have some context to it and explain what to you is, is you know, that's just what we know. But remember, your audience don't know that. Um, I'm, laugh I'm laughing because it's so true. I can't yeah. tell you how many leadership teams I've been involved with or spoke, spoken to and, you know, and been part of because I've, I've committed sins in my, in my yeah. past, right? <laughs> and you've spent so long on a project and usually this is the denouement of it all, the bit of communication. And you go, yeah, we gloss over that because I don't need to know that, don't need to know that, don't need to know that. This is what yeah. you want them to do. Yeah. And you just put yourself in the picture of, well, I know this much, therefore they must know this much, therefore I'll tell them that much. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. I always say to people, to managers that would come back on this and say, oh, I don't think we need to share that much. And I say, OK, imagine you go home tonight and your husband, wife, significant other sits you down and says to you, OK, so I've decided that we're moving house and my job is changing and that's it. So we're going to do that next week. It just wouldn't happen you know the husband or wife or significant other would quite rightly say well why are we moving house why are you changing job and without that full story it could be okay yeah I'm being made redundant we're going to have to downsize how do we get through this that would be the normal path of conversation mm -hmm. you wouldn't just accept okay my my life is changing and I don't need to know why and that is the same within business you know these people are invested in your business and they're, they're emotionally bonded to it and you need to give context you need to give the full as much of the full story as you can so they understand what it is you're communicating and more importantly why yeah that's important uh, and yeah the zoom connection didn't help us out there but that why 
piece is so yeah. important in so many things, but particularly in communication and particularly in getting action done. Why yeah. are we doing this? What's the compelling reason behind it? Okay. Absolutely. So, so we got some context. What's next? Yeah. So number two, I would say, is understanding the audience to create connection, as we've we've spoke about throughout this podcast. Mm. It's anticipating the feelings, the thoughts of the audience, working with your managers to know how will they react, what questions will they have, and actually building these into your comms planning, because people will feel a lot more comfortable and secure if you're already answering the questions that they have. So, yeah, understand the audience to create connection. And I guess once you get into the the regular process of this, you're ending up building muscle memory because you start to understand with greater certainty what sort of things people are going to want to hear, what sort of questions are going to need to be answered. Um, so you can, you should be building muscle as you go, right, on that, on that audience understanding. Absolutely, but also not forgetting that it changes over time yeah so if you do a phenomenal job with one communication it doesn't necessarily mean the next one will land just as effectively it's it's a constant thing because as people move through their own internal change you need to think about that when you're doing communication so you always whatever you're planning in terms of a comms campaign go back is the connection drive are the connection drivers still the same are we in the same place that we were when we did this? Um, does anything need to change? It shouldn't be a one size, you know, we, we do this really important piece of work and that's the same for the rest of their career. Um, it's a constantly moving piece. So keep keep it um, targeted, keep it fresh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, learn some lessons as you go. Absolutely, yeah. Okay, cool. Well, anything else that you would you would bring to the party? Yeah, definitely. Um, storytelling. Okay. And this is, you know, not not the uh, traditional once upon a time style story. <laughs> but um, for everything you want to communicate, think of it as a story. And everyone that you're communicating to are characters in your story. How do they fit into that story? What is their part? What is their role? Where do they start? Where do they end? And target your communications according to your story and the characters in your story and that can be a really nice way to look at it because quite often communications start another one gets released another one gets released and there's no real clear pathway Mm. but having this storytelling approach you can right at the start map out where does where do the characters start where do they end and what are the milestone points um that's something that we use quite often and it works really, really well to keep everybody on track. Oh, look, I hundred percent agree with that. I, I have used such complicated stories as three little pigs to illustrate that with groups and what have you in the past. I think that is a, a fab exercise because of the, the milestoning and the characterization. And yeah. I think one of the most important things within any sphere of engagement is I think your results often are determined by how well you can put the employee in the center of those communications in that story. Mm -hmm. Can they see themselves in that situation? Do they understand how this thing, reason, action is going to affect them? And do they know what to do with that come, come the end of it? I think if your, if your story can do that and be like the three little pigs and be so easy as to communicate those milestones, everybody embellishes, but they all know that there's a house of straw and 
sticks and bricks and there's a wolf yeah. and he huffs and puffs. If your story can have those elements, doesn't matter how people stick them together, the story's still going to be the same. Right? I think absolutely, absolutely. Oh, so it's it's always heartening when I have conversations like this because you know more effective, more impactful communications are absolutely possible in the way that you've you, you've talked about it. A uh, mm. little little bit of empathy, a little bit of connection, a little bit of thought about your audience, and yeah. and a bit of consistency. I mean, you, you, when you were talking about, you know, lots of different communications, I think this is where the strategy part and the tactical part have to kind of come hand in glove. So what's that North Star that should always be a backdrop to your communications that we're always heading towards a consistent thing, but here's another way we're going to get there. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's so important. Absolutely. Thank, thanks for sharing that path. I mean, I pretty much think I know where we're going, but at the, at the end of my podcasts, I have this little thing called sticky notes, which is where we effectively, because of my small brain capacity, try and summarize <laughs> what we've talked about today into three little practical sticky notes for my audience to take away back to the shop and yep. start start improving, in this case, more impactful, engaging comms. So mm-hmm. I've got an inkling as to where this might go. But if you were going to write your three little sticky notes, Katie, what would you put on, on those for me? Yep. Okay. So the first thing I would encourage people to do is to hold communication sessions, Um, sit down with representatives from your different audiences and just talk to them, find out what they need and want in terms of information and channels. And this should be for day-to-day comms, not just change comms. I can guarantee you will be amazed at what you uncover when you find out that your weekly newsletter that you are so proud of actually only gets read by about three people. Um, <laughs> it, it's amazing and it, it takes a bit of time, but you know, get that cross-section of different audiences throughout your business and hold these comms sessions with them. It will be brilliant. Okay, brilliant. That's your first sticky note yeah. stuck on the wall yeah. of the sticky studio. Beautiful. Yeah. Perfect. What are the next for me? <laughs> so the next thing leading on from that is to create your own audience segmentation plan. So uh, it sounds it sounds a lot more technical than it actually is. Um, in essence, once you've held your held your comm sessions, what you then do is map out all your different audiences and work out how you how you need to connect with them through communication. Based on what they've told you, you can create your own plan. You can give each audience a different name and you can then map out exactly what they've told you, what, what resonates with them, how do they like to be communicated with. And you can refer back to this every time you've got an internal comms campaign coming up. You can go back to your segmentation plan and think, ah, this audience needs this. This audience needs this. Nice, nice bit of nice bit of strategy planning is always right yes. for that. Yes. And then finally, what's so sticking finally, out Yeah, it's about storytelling. Of course. Um, for each communication, set the scene, give the information, create the ending, and involve your characters in the story. Um, they are central to your story: your characters, your employees, your managers. Um, and create those stories for each of your communications. Fab. Lovely, straightforward, practical advice there, Katie. There's no reason at all, I don't think, anybody following those three steps can't put 
more impact and get more connection out of their communications. And thank you very, very much for sharing your thoughts and your time with us today. Really, really appreciate that. I'm convinced listening to what you've got to say today, there's going to be a whole bunch of businesses, not just in Northampton, really bringing forward much better communications as a result of that. So thanks for sharing that today. That's really no good. No problem, Andy. I, I geek out on this sort of stuff. So, you know, I love it. I could talk about it all day. It's nothing. <laughs> there's always room for geeks on this podcast. Thank you very Yay. much. Okay, <laughs> Thank Katie. You. Thanks ever so much. You take care. Speak to you soon. Thank you. You too. Thanks. Bye. Okay, guys, if you'd like to find out more about Katie Kern and Show Off Communications, you can check out all the useful links in the show notes. So that concludes today's episode. I hope you've enjoyed it, found it interesting and heard something maybe that will help you become a stickier, more successful business from the inside going forward. If you have, please like, comment and subscribe. It really helps. I'm Andy Gorham and you've been listening to the Sticky from the Inside podcast. Until next time, thanks for listening.